0: to wholeness. I am standing at my edge. I am moving into the space of my heart. Deeper. Deeper still. Calling. Beckoning to me. Come home. In the light of this place. Place where I was formed. Where the story of love was written upon the walls of my heart. I return home. Remembering Remembering my being, a life force in darkness, waiting to be birthed, a spirit in the womb, held in the perfecting presence of love, I was whole, made fractured by the malady of life, the pain is necessary to embrace the gift of healing. I find the mending of my fractured state when I turn back to this place. This is Maybe There's a Way, and today, I'm going to talk about The Heart's Betrayal. It's me again, Kendra, grateful recovering adult child, sufferer of chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. And, I am here again, in my closet, without my little chunky co-host, Johnny Cash, had to lock him out this time, and y'all, I apologize, I am suffering from the worst freaking allergies that I have had in a long time. I guess that's what I get for trying to be a responsible adult and cutting my own grass. (laughs) I cut my grass Sunday, and it stirred up all this stuff that I breathed in, and now it's got me all, you know, clogged up in my nose, my throat is itchy, and I'm coughing, my eyes are all... Red. Yeah. Welcome to the South. But speaking of getting things all stirred up. So I went ahead and just published my first podcast. It still feels kind of odd to me to say that. But I went ahead and published my first podcast and so we'll see how all this goes I appreciate those of you who have listened thus far but as I posted it you know I me being the perfectionist that I am was trying to go ahead and plan you know what's my next episode going to be about and honestly I sat here and I recorded over and over and over again these different things that would come to my mind and some of them were angry and some of them were sad and some of them were funny and and maybe I'll use them later but you know I tried sitting down with an outline so that I wouldn't be all over the place because That's part of my CPTSD, is that it presents like ADD. My mind just kind of races all over the place. Um, Races from thing to thing, and it's kind of hard for me to stay on track sometimes. So I apologize if you feel like I go down a rabbit trail chasing some invisible white rabbit but, see, there I go, doing it, (laughs) but, I don't know, I didn't start this to have a particular real theme or anything other than just to tell my story, and so I feel like that's just what I need to do. And as I was recording all these different things that I thought, I was like, well, maybe people will like this and maybe people will like that, but that's, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm not doing it to, you know, to necessarily get the likes and to get the notoriety from it. I'm doing it to put myself out there and to tell my story and to stay true to myself because that's something that I never did throughout my life. I never stayed true to myself. and that's what my recovery journey has been about is discovering myself discovering who i am and learning how to heal the heart's betrayal how do you heal the heart's betrayal and what even is the heart's betrayal For me, the heart's betrayal is similar to what Alice Miller describes in her book, The Drama of the Gifted Child. That is, children were born into this place, and we're sitting in our parents' arms, we're coming from a place. Of warmth and safety a place where we had everything that we needed that was just given to us automatically in the womb we had the perfect little environment to nurture us where we could grow and we sat in there just chilling out waiting waiting until the time that it was time to break up out of there and come into the light, and then we come into the light, and we're looking around with our little baby eyes, and they can't see very well, and there's all these noises, and everything's so bright, and that in and of itself is kind of freaky, you know, you just spent nine months up in this nice warm hole <laughs> where <laughs> things were pretty cushy. And then you come out and you're like, what, what the fuck is this place? But anyway, and we try to figure out, like, is this a safe place for me? Because babies are needy and they need a lot of care and attention. And their little minds are just like sponges and they're just taking in every part of their environment. And all of these subconscious cues, like their brain is kind of how our brain is when we're sleeping. It's just on this subconscious level, just absorbing everything. So everything that we absorb when we're an infant later comes into play in our life. It's just stored there. And as we become older and we get our thinking brain things will happen to trigger those subconscious memories and that's what happens to me whenever I have a post traumatic stress trigger oh, something will happen and it will trigger me back to a feeling or an event it doesn't even have to be something that is exactly the same it can be a noise it can be a smell it can be someone saying something a certain way it can be someone giving me a certain look it can just be a certain set of circumstances and there I go right back to that exact feeling that I felt when a previous event happened and I'll lose all sense of time I won't lose just minutes or hours sometimes, sometimes I will be lost for days, weeks months I have huge chunks of my memory that are invisible because I, they're just, it's like they're erased. Like somebody went back and just erased the tape. And, you know, I kind of liken it to your parents getting a video camera recording your first birthday and then your dad needing to record the Super Bowl and he pops the tape he can't find a blank tape and he's looking everywhere and he just finds the tape on the shelf and pops it into the VCR and clicks record and then years later you're going back and you're trying to watch this video of you as a kid and all of a sudden half the tape is like gone it's your dad's Super Bowl video that's how my brain is except for it's not The Super Bowl is just nothing. Nothing is there. Like, I can't remember it at all. And I have chunks of memory that are gone like that, not only from my childhood, but from my adulthood, too. And all of that is tied into the heart's betrayal. Because for me, I was born into this family that from the outside they seemed all right enough and i was this beautiful little baby girl with this really thick black hair and these really dark slant eyes i almost look like a little asian baby with this beautiful olive complexion and i grew up into this beautiful little toddler girl And a beautiful little girl. And I played outside a lot. I loved to pretend. I had such a big imagination. I would go outside and pick berries. And my sister and I, we would go outside and we would swim in mud holes. And that would be our swimming pool. Like everything to me was an adventure. But I created these adventures in my mind of going places, like sitting in the broken down car out in the driveway, pretending like we were going to Disney World and I was driving us. And I always led my sister on all of these different adventures. But I know now that I created these adventures as a way to escape the reality of where I was truly living. And so... I learned at an early age to mentally check out of my reality and to go to a different place. And for me as a young child, those places were these magical, inventive lands. And that was part of my heart's betrayal. I wasn't safe being where I was. And I wasn't safe being who I was. Because you see, I was born to a mother who I believe really wanted to love me. I believe with all of my heart that she wanted to, but that she just didn't know how. You see, my mother was an adult child as well. She was born to an alcoholic mother who would go off on vendors for days on end and leave her my mom would lay at night wondering when her mother and my grandmother would come back to her my mom had I remember asking her one time why she had so many different report cards in her baby book and she would say oh that was whenever your grandma took me out of school and we went and stayed over here with this person and came back my grandmother would like unenroll her from school and just go off and there's story after story of all of that like I've heard the way that my grandmother would talk to my mother and the things that she would do around my mother and do to my mother and she was I mean she was she was flat out hateful to her and anybody who knew my grandmother knew my grandmother could be a really hateful bitch And I say that was a lot of love in my heart because I absolutely adored my grandmother. I think I was probably the only person in the world that my grandmother liked. And for whatever reason, she loved me. I don't know why, but she did. And I'm glad that she did because she ended up being like a mother to me. Even though (laughs) she was kind of a mean mom. But in her later years, and as I became an adult, we got really close. And I used to talk to her every day. And I miss her every day. But that's not the story. (laughs) My mom wasn't ever taught. What it was to be loved. So therefore she could not love me. And my mom grew up with this big hole inside of her heart. That she wanted to have filled with love. And she thought the one way that she could fill it was to have a baby. And so she prayed for a baby. Because she wanted to know what it would feel like. To have her heart filled with unconditional love. From another human being. And so. For whatever reason. The universe chose. To send me her. And I was here. And I was supposed to love her. I was supposed to. Teach her. What it felt like. To be loved. And make her feel. Loved. And make her feel. Secure in herself. So you can kind of see how my story begins right off the bat not being a safe environment for me because my environment was constructed out, not towards my needs but towards my mother's needs. And as a little baby, I soaked all of this up. I soaked up the fact that I was here. To be what she needed me to be. So I strove to be that good girl and to be everything that my mother needed me to be. I wanted to make her happy, I wanted to make her proud. And most of all, I wanted to make her love me. But you see, she never could. I wanted something from her that was not hers to give. I wanted love. And that was not something that she possessed. So I went about my life feeling empty. Feeling flawed. Feeling wrong. Because it didn't matter how hard I tried. Or what I did. I was never. Enough. And so I. Got. This sense of. Shame. Buried deep inside of me. Deep 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 inside of me. The sense of shame. That followed me around my whole entire life. It still follows me around sometimes. Where I felt. That I just was unworthy. I was just an unworthy little girl. Unworthy of love. Unworthy of my mother's care. And attention. And affection. Only time I could get it is when she wanted to give it. And so that's how I grew up. With that heart's betrayal. My heart was betrayed. And it told me that I wasn't enough. And so I lived as I was not enough. Because what we believe about ourselves, we reflect in how we act, right? So the heart's betrayal began there in my infancy, and it grew with me until my adulthood. And that in and of itself is something really hard to get over, probably one of the hardest things to get over. To deprogram my mind from believing something that I was taught from the time that I entered into this world. 37 years, I carried around this lie with me, inside of me, that I was inherently flawed and that no one would ever love me because I would never be enough. So I felt that rejection time and time again, and anytime someone would say anything to me hurtful or say, or just ignore me, or I perceived I was being ignored, that child was wounded all over again, again and again and again. But that's just the first part. The second part is the other betrayal. And this part includes the physical and verbal and mental abuse. This part includes the trauma and the violence. I was seven years old or about that age. The first time that I saw extreme violence. And even now, talking about it, I have to pause because I can feel it in my body. Something that happened 30 Or more years ago feels like it is happening to me all over again. That is what post traumatic stress does. But I'm gonna tell you the story the best that I can. I woke up in the middle of the night. Because I was thirsty and I wanted some water. And looking back on it now, I honestly believe that this was somehow my higher power waking me up from my dead sleep. Because you see, I knew not to wake up in the middle of the night. Especially not to go into the living room if my mom was still awake. Because I would get into trouble. And I was a good girl and I did not want to get into trouble. But this night I woke up with such thirst that I could not go back to sleep. And so I walked quietly down the hallway and I didn't hear anything. And as I come up the hallway, my feet, I could still feel the cold linoleum floor under my feet. And I'm tiptoeing. Because I don't want to wake anyone up. Because I don't want to get in trouble. And then I notice. On the floor. My fish bowl. My little goldfish Goldie. The fish bowl was. Shattered everywhere. And there were rocks. And glass. And so I'm looking around. And I'm like. Calling for my fish. (laughs) Goldie. Goldie. And that's when I looked up. And I saw terror. For the first time in my life. I knew. What fear. In another human being's eyes looked like. And we're not talking about just like a little scared. What it looked like. For someone to be terrified. To be. What they thought would be taking their last breaths. I saw that in my mother's eyes. She made eye contact with me first. And that's about the time that I saw him into focus. And he had a foam cord around my mother's neck. And he was choking her. And she had a big gash above her eye. From where he had hit her in the head with a foam. And she was bleeding. And she was fighting trying to pull the cord away from her neck. As he was choking her. And I noticed that. My fish remarkably. Was sitting in a glass on the shelf. And I don't know how many seconds that this all happened. But for me, it was all happening in slow motion. Like it felt like an eternity that I was looking and seeing my mother being choked. The life being choked from her. And then as I'm turning to run, I see the fish. And I didn't even have time to acknowledge the thought. I just knew that I had to run. And I don't even remember what it was like to make it to the door or run out the door. I just remember running into the night air as hard and as fast as I could. I was not running for my life, but I was running for my mother's life. And I was running towards my neighbor's yard. And then I could hear my mother's screams in the night. Screaming, not my baby, not my baby. Because he had turned her loose and was coming after me. And I never looked over my shoulder. I just remember beating on my neighbor's door as hard as I could, not daring to turn around. Until he came and opened the door and I could get in. And I remember sitting there in his house just being terrified just worried about my mother and then about that time she had made it to his back door she was able to get away and my little sister was asleep in the bed and I remember being so worried about her like we got to get her out of the house we got to get her out of the house and they were like no they called the police and meanwhile he left before the police could even get there But that was the first time that I witnessed violence. And that is when... I went from being this sad girl. Unworthy girl. The girl who felt like her name was shame. I went from being that little girl... To also being the frightened little girl. Because you see. At that point. I realized that monsters do exist. Because I encountered one. I saw someone. Perform an act of violence. On another human being. That I had never seen before. And to this day, I have never seen up close another act of violence to that degree. Yeah, I've seen hitting and slapping and cursing and yelling, but I've never seen someone trying to literally choke the life out of another human being before. But that stuck with me. And it lives inside of my body along with all of the other stuff. With the shame and all of the other trauma that I've experienced. That event lives inside. And so you see, my heart was betrayed in the beginning by telling me. By being made to believe that I was not enough. That I was unworthy. That I did not deserve love. And then it was betrayed by coming to the knowledge of such horrific acts and of such violence. I was an innocent child. I should not have known of such things. My innocence was ripped away from me at that moment. That is how my heart was betrayed and i have carried this betrayal along with me my whole entire life and there are many other moments where my, where i have been betrayed time and time again by those i love by those who were supposed to protect by those who were supposed to care for me but these are the just the beginning of the story And there are all the in-between parts, the many beatings that I received as a child. And I call them beatings, and they were beatings. And I know here in the South, we kind of have a tendency to kind of accept beating children. I mean, hell, we brag about it. I've heard, I've even said it like, I'll beat my kid's ass. Trying to be funny and joke about it, but... The truth is, it is abuse. And there really isn't anything funny about it, you know. Um, you know, I my little body bore many, many strikes with belts and switches and multiple other things. Leaving welts and bruises and cuts. And there were the curses and the insults, and just an endless amount of other horrific things that were, that no child should have to endure, that were hurled in my direction. And I took them all. Because, I mean, after all, I believed. From the time that I was a little child that I didn't deserve anything better. So these were just the proof. This was the evidence. So how do you heal that? How do you heal that heart's betrayal? How... And the fuck are you supposed to go about your life and live it like it's normal? When these are the things, these are the secrets, these are the stories that you don't tell anyone. These are the stories that you try to forget for yourself. But your body won't let you forget. How are you supposed to go on... And grow into a responsible, well-adjusted adult. Well, for me, you see, I pretended. And I pretended for a really, really, really long time. I pretended that I was well-adjusted. I pretended like I had everything together and no one had any idea. And like I said, these are not even some of the worst things. (laughs) If that tells you anything. I have been frightened for my own life. I have, have had hands around my throat choking the life out of me. I have had... Abuse and been threatened with harm and death more times than I can count. So, no, I was not a well adjusted adult, but I was a really freaking good pretender. (laughs) And to my mom's credit, I think I learned a lot of that from her. Because you see, my mom was a charmer. She could charm the pants off of anybody. She's funny, and she can make you think that she's one way. But she's really not. (laughs) She's a master manipulator. And she manipulated over and over again until she just couldn't manipulate anymore. Because the crazy finally caught up with her. And that's kind of what happened with me. But luckily, the crazy caught up with me in a more subtle way. Like I said the last time, I just knew that something was wrong with me. And I had to get better. I just knew. Like, I did not want to live like this. I grew up in a literal hell I did not want to live the rest of my life in hell like I I refused to do that so like I shared in my last podcast I prayed because I had no way out I saw no way out I did not know any way out so I prayed and this is a true story I prayed for three entire days I cried, I slept and I prayed. God, you have to fix this or just kill me. And I prayed that prayer for 3 days straight. And I didn't feel better instantly. No, it wasn't some like miraculous like, "Oh my God, you were healed." But what did happen was I slowly came into realization. That these things were taught to me and bestowed upon me and happened to me and made me develop into a certain way because I had to, because I had to survive the really, really fucked up situation that I was raised in. Because, you know, that's the cool thing about all living creatures, evolution. So we evolve to adapt to our environment right all living creatures do that and it's really cool if you think about it like that's our purpose in life is to exist and we figure out ways to exist and to live and to survive and the fact that my brain could figure these things out like how I had to survive is pretty freaking cool But it didn't come without a cost. And the cost was the price that I had to pay for those coping mechanisms. And the price I had to pay for carrying them around for the rest of my life. Because you see, I didn't need them anymore. I was safe. But I didn't feel like I was safe. And then I also kept recreating, making choices to recreate the same environment that I had grown up in. Because that's something else that we do when we suffer from trauma. We don't know any better, so we don't do any better. So we just keep seeking out situations that are so familiar to us. We're comfortable in our misery. It feels like home. And we always go home, even if we don't want to, because home is all we've known. In the book, The Body Keeps the Score, there's talk about these mice that were used in a lab and they were used in an experiment. And they had mice that were in like a really noisy, chaotic environment and they had mice that were in like a nice, cozy environment and they had them all set up in this lab and they took the mice out of their environments and put them in other environments and guess where the mice always returned to they always returned home even if their home was not a comfortable home they always returned home and that's what we do and that's what I did I kept going back to that place of betrayal That is where my heart lived. My heart lived in that place of betrayal. So again, the question is, how do you heal that place of betrayal? How do you heal the heart's betrayal? Do you take a medicine? Does a pill cure it? Is there a prayer that you can say that cures it? Is there this book you can read that will cure it? If there is, I haven't found it. If there is, I don't think there would be so many hurting people in this world. Because the truth is, this shit is more common than what we like to believe. There are far more hurting people who have a lot of trauma that they carry around that they probably don't even know about because we prefer just to forget about that. That's the bad stuff. That's the dark stuff. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to think about that. Don't share that. So how do you heal the heart's betrayal? For me, it's telling the truth. It's telling the truth about my life and my story. And it's telling the truth to myself. That I am lovable. That I am worthy. That I am important. And not just telling myself those things, but showing myself those things. And how do I show myself those things? I take care of myself. I choose myself. I choose to be alone with myself. I choose to be alone with my thoughts. Remember last time I shared that I did not want to be alone with my thoughts because that was some scary, scary shit? Now I sit with them. I let them come to me, I let them talk to me, and then I let them go i let them come and visit with me for a little bit like an old friend. And then I'm like, alright, peace out. You gotta go. You're taking up too much of my time. <laughs> like, you're getting me too down. But, like, I'll listen to you for a little bit. But I'm not gonna go shut you completely out either. I'm learning to be comfortable with who I am. I'm learning to reconnect with my body. To feel my body. To sit and be present with my body. And I keep telling myself the truth. And the truth is that the truth has always been here. The truth has always resided in me. Because back, rewinding all the way back to that point whenever I was a little bitty baby in that womb, where that perfect little place where everything was provided for me. And I had everything that I needed and life was just grand and I didn't know any better inside of that place. I was with the truth. Because I was with myself and I was whole. It wasn't until I was born out into this world and into the life that I was born into that I became fractured. And so I go back to that place and I sit with it and I tell it I place my hands on my heart and I tell it I love you we're okay I love you we're okay and I have to make myself be comfortable where I'm at and to make myself feel safe and whenever I start to feel panicked I have to remind myself like this is not the past this is the present and no this is not something that happened overnight this is a practice and it's not something that I'm perfect at. It's something that I have to continue to practice day after day after day after day. And it is something that I practice day after day after day after day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't practice these things. And that is how I am healing my betrayal of my heart. So, what I want to tell you Is that there is a hope. You just have to figure out what that is for you. What does that look like for you. To heal yourself. I don't know the answer. I had to figure the answer out for me. And it's been very trial and error. And everything I try doesn't work. But the things that do work. I put them in my little toolbox. And I carry them around with me. But you have to try. You have to start. You have to start somewhere. And trust me, I know how scary it is to try. I lived in a place of terror. That is where I resided. In a place of terror, in a place of fear, in a place of shame. A place of not being enough to even love myself. But I can sit here and I, in this damn closet, on my floor, <laughs> coughing my lungs out, and tell you that today I love myself. And then nobody else had to teach me or love me. I had to teach myself how to do this. And so, if I can teach myself, boy, girl, you can teach yourself. Okay. Let's get into it, okay? Let's speak some truth. You can do it too. And again, like I said, that's why I'm doing this. Is that maybe I can bestow a little hope and a little truth to you. Because there's so many people out there. And God forbid, please do not think that I am trying to make myself a mental health professional. Because I am in no shape or form that. I am not giving you direct advice. I'm telling you my story of what has worked for me. But I want to give hope that there is a way, that maybe there is a way (laughs) to heal from whatever it is that ails you. Especially if it's a betrayal of your heart and I'm not sitting here trying to make myself like I'm some guru or anything like that that's why I'm not like putting on here any kind of advertisements hey you know I'm shelling this thing <laughs> like I'm not doing that because that's not the point of this the point of this is to be real and to just share so that we all can feel connected and we don't have to feel alone because as long as you feel alone you will continue to suffer and i promise you you are not alone i feel your pain too i don't know where you're at in this exact moment but i promise you i have felt the weight of that heartache before. I have felt my heart break into a million pieces to where I thought it would never be put back together. I have felt what it feels like to be fractured and to never feel whole and to never know who I was or where I was going or what I was doing. And all of those little pieces of me were scattered all about my life. And sometimes a big wind would come and just blow the motherfuckers up in the air. And it would be like a confetti party. And I'd have to go back and pick up the little pieces and try to put them all together. Except for I didn't have any instructions. But slowly and surely, I started to love those pieces. And as I started to love those pieces, something miraculous happened. They just kind of started falling into place. And there's still some fractured pieces here and there. and They're not all completely put together, but I can feel them coming together into a wholeness. And that wholeness is me, and that is a fantastic feeling. And if you don't know what it means to feel complete and whole in yourself and to love yourself and to just to be able to stand and say this is who I am then I understand that too but I'm telling you there is a way maybe there's a way maybe Kendra's right So I know that was probably all over the place. <laughs> Again, PTSD brain or ADD brain, whatever you want to call it. And I apologize for that. But I had to speak for my heart because I can't do this coming up with a script. That's just maybe later on I can, but <laughs> that just wasn't me. Like I had to sit here and I had to talk for my heart. And before I came in here, I had to sit on my bed and I had to journal out to get inspired. And I had to cry, cry my eyes out, cry and let out some pain and release some of that pain. So that I could come in here and talk to you lovely people. So I could have my mind right and my heart in the right place. So I hope that this reaches someone and then it means something to someone. And I hope you got something out of it. And I hope it wasn't too dark and too heavy. I probably should have said trigger warning in the beginning. But that's part of my story. Now you know what I part of what I have to carry around with me. Part of that weight. So now maybe we can be friends because you know something about me. You know something really hard and dark but something also really honest. So I would like to think that maybe now we can become start to become friends. So that being said friends <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast episode so I hope uh, that you'll keep coming back and I hope that you got something out of it and yeah I hope you know that you're not alone so I will talk to you guys later. And I'm going to end this how my daughter ends all her phone conversations. Okay, love you. Bye.